imagine how this changes things for Bartimaeus. It's never been included in anything. This has to be why he didn't run home to tell his family that I can see now. He's following the one who included him, who called him out of the side of the road, who called him into the community of faith of followers of Jesus. Imagine how this changes things for Bartimaeus, but also imagine how this changes things for the community. So as we've been following uh, Jesus and the disciples through Mark's gospel, we've been on quite a ride. Mark, we know, is the earliest uh, written of, of the gospels. It's the shortest. It's a really uh, a tightly woven narrative. And uh, we've followed as Peter rebukes Jesus for not being a you know, a, a positive thinker. Uh, Jesus was sharing that what it means for him to be the Messiah will involve rejection and suffering and actually being put to death before rising to new life. Uh, Peter didn't want to hear any of that. And then uh, we were kind of invaded by children for a series of weeks, and the disciples grumbled at this. Jesus is about important business. He shouldn't be bothered by by uh, these children, but Jesus said to let the children come. And then James and John went for their power grab, you know, let one of us sit at your, your left and one at your right when you come into your glory. And, and all along the way, Jesus keeps talking about how the first will be last and the last will be first. And they don't quite get it. His followers. In other words, the disciples have been more than a little bit blind themselves. They came to Jericho as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. So imagine this guy's life. You know, even though Mark wants us to know, it is likely that hardly anyone knew Bartimaeus's name in his home village. He was just that blind beggar that sat in the dirt there on the side of the dirt road every day, like so many others. Imagine how difficult it was as a blind person to, to just get around in the rocky terrain in and around Jericho. I was there once many years ago, and I had to have, you know, hiking boots and walking poles. And imagine what it was like for Bartimaeus. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus could tell that something out of the ordinary was going on. Jesus always causes a commotion when he shows up. Actually, it's the followers of Jesus that are causing most of the ruckus here. The blind man heard a crowd going by. But what good did it do to this poor guy to encounter these followers of Jesus? We might call them the church. What good did it do Bartimaeus? I guess someone at least told him what all the commotion was about, that it was Jesus passing through. It's probably... It's probably good for us to pause for a moment and ask ourselves, as followers of Jesus, as proud of the crowd, what difference am I making to people I pass by or encounter on my way? Am I just part of a noisy crowd 
passing by on my way to and from the church. I think we should notice that Bartimaeus was not out there searching for Jesus, but when he is told that Jesus is near, he begins to cry out for mercy. For some reason, Bartimaeus believes that this Jesus might be able to help him out somehow. And many sternly ordered Bartimaeus to just be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Maybe the people suffering the most blindness in this whole narrative are the followers of Jesus. Just keep it down over there. Knock it off, Bartimaeus. Jesus is on an important mission. We're not exactly sure what it is, but he's an important guy. We are part of his team. Quit bugging him. And we're all in line for his direct attention way before you ever will be anyway. So keep it down over there. Jesus stood still and said, Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart. Get up. He's calling you. Jesus stood still. Did you get that? Jesus is always on the move in Mark's Gospel. We can barely keep up with him. Jesus had every reason to not be distracted by Bartimaeus and to keep moving. He's about to enter Jerusalem for the final time, and we do know what awaits him there in Jerusalem, as Jesus knows himself what awaits him there. He's carrying a heavy burden on his shoulders at this time. He has nothing to gain, Jesus, by engaging with this random blind beggar on the side of the dirt road. It is certainly not going to impress the religious leaders. But Jesus does stop. Jesus stands still. And he tells his followers to call Bartimaeus. With, with all kinds of people telling this blind beggar to put a sock in it, Jesus calls a halt to the whole procession. So throwing off his cloak, he, that's Bartimaeus, sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to Jesus, My teacher, let me see again. It's an interesting question. I mean, shouldn't it be obvious what the blind man might want? We could have told you what he wanted, but maybe his request runs deeper than even receiving his sight. Jesus said to him, Go. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, Bartimaeus regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. didn't say anything about those three words in my sermon notes for this morning, but when I read it again, getting ready for today, those three words struck me. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Following Jesus is always more than just traipsing around behind him, coming and going from church. Jesus is always leading to some place, 
usually to someone. To follow Jesus is to follow Him on the way. Immediately, Bartimaeus regained his sight and ran home to tell his parents. Mm -mm. Ran to the shores of Galilee to see his very first sunset ever. No. Bartimaeus was healed. He was blind and now can see. And I suppose there are several options available to him at this point. And he chooses to follow Jesus on the way. This is huge. Now, Bartimaeus, the blind beggar who always sat over there in the dirt at the side of the road, blind blind Bartimaeus is now part of the crowd following Jesus. Well, all right, so what? So there's one more person in this big, loud, noisy crowd traipsing around behind Jesus. What difference does that really make? When the worship attendance for this morning is counted up and reported and written down somewhere, your presence here today will add one. Or if you're joining us via our live stream, the, the, uh, the system will count you. We'll see X number of views. You add one. So what? What difference does your presence make to the community here this morning? You think about it. Bartimaeus has never been part of the crowd, never been part of the community. He spent his life isolated and outcast by the side of the road. Now, he's one of the followers of Jesus. Imagine how this changes things for Bartimaeus never been included in anything. This has to be why he didn't run home to tell his family that I can see now. He's following the one who included him, who called him out of the side of the road, who called him into the community of faith of followers of Jesus. Imagine how this changes things for Bartimaeus, but also imagine how this changes things for the community. The church. Do you suppose the next blind beggar calling out for help as this crowd following Jesus passes by, do you suppose the next one will be told to shut up? I don't think so either. Bartimaeus can see now. And on behalf of the community of followers, nobody's invisible anymore. Nobody's unworthy to call out for the mercy of Christ and His community. How does your presence in this worship service change the entire community? Because I promise you it does. Nothing about what we're doing here today would be the same without you here. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. 
Immediately he regained his sight and he followed Jesus on the way. And maybe more than one person receives new sight, new vision in this story. Today is a day when many churches remember the Reformation. As Lutherans, we recall the profound impact of the story of one Augustinian monk, Martin Luther. The impact of Luther's own encounter with the gospel of Christ continues to change the church and change the world. Every single one of us has our own unique story of being called out of the ditch at the side of the road and included in the community. Many of you are aware that uh, Eugene Peterson uh, died this past week, Presbyterian pastor and author of the Bible, paraphrased the message and and several other profoundly uh, important works. He had a kind of quiet, humble ministry that really became, his ministry became being a pastor to pastors. Thousands of pastors have been blessed and encouraged by Eugene Peterson's ministry, as well as millions of Christians around the world. Peterson's translation, his, his, his uh, paraphrase of the whole Bible is, is just wonderful. If you haven't read it, you should. You should get one for yourself. His, his uh, paraphrase of Psalm 40 connects so well with our gospel story of Bartimaeus today. Uh, Eugene Peterson writes this in his paraphrase of Psalm 40. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch. Pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song. A praise song to our God. Years ago, Eugene Peterson heard from a friend or a colleague that told him that he was reading an interview in Rolling Stone magazine and he read in that interview that Bono, the lead singer of U2, uh, had been influenced and blessed by Peterson's translation, uh, paraphrase of the Bible, the message, uh, to which Eugene Peterson replied, I've never heard of him. <laughs> and uh, sometime later, Bono contacted Peterson personally, and, and he wanted to know if he might be able to meet with him. He just had get, gotten so much out of his writings, and, and, and he wanted to see if he could meet with him just to have a conversation. And Pastor Peterson told Bono that he was sorry, but he was too busy uh, working on his translation at the time. He was working on the Old Testament portion. He's too busy to meet with this uh, rock star he'd never heard of. Bono, if nothing else, is persistent, so he finally, after some time, invited Eugene Peterson and his wife uh, to attend a U2 concert. Uh, this is not the world that Peterson moved in, but he accepted the invitation, and they got wonderful VIP seating, and they really enjoyed uh, the concert, and a, and a real unlikely friendship was born. A couple of years later, Eugene Peterson and his wife Jan invited Bono to their home in Montana, Flat Rock, where they, uh, where he sat and, and paraphrased the entire Bible, uh, 
uh, into what we know as the message. Uh, they got together to talk about the Christian faith and the Psalms, and uh, a professor, a biblical professor, was there to kind of be a part of this conversation. So I wanted to just show, just uh, in, in honor of Eugene Peterson, his life and ministry, and in memory of his recent death, to show a few uh, minutes of that conversation. He had he had grown, grown old by this time. His, his voice is weak and soft. might be difficult to hear, but let's just sort of spend a little time with Eugene Peterson uh, speaking with his friend Bono, the rock star. It's just a lovely conversation. It goes on for more than 20 minutes. You can find it on YouTube. I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. The truth will set you free, Bono said. It'll just blow everything apart. <laughs> Many years ago, I sat in on a, lo- a lecture at Sebastian Koala University Lutheran College in Lesotho, Tanzania, uh, up in the Usambara mountain range, beautiful kind of remote location. And there was a teacher, he was blind, uh, teaching at this university. I sat in on a lecture. I took this picture from the side of the room I was sitting in, he was teaching a class full of blind students who were going to be teachers in a culture that uh, continues some of the sort of ancient, uh, 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 carries forward some of the ancient suspicions attached to people who have various physical disabilities, a culture that can shun and cast these folks aside. And the being a biblical college, the professor there was using some Bible references, and he used the story of, of Naaman, the great Syrian commander who had been stricken with leprosy. And he was telling his students how in Bible times, people with leprosy would have to wear bells or, or pieces of metal around their necks so that they would make noise when they walked and others could see them coming. Or they had to actually yell out, unclean, unclean, so that people could keep their distance. And the teacher there is asking those blind students, why don't we hear about uh, Naaman, the Syrian commander, having to wear those bells or shout unclean? And his students leaned forward in their chairs and they said, well, because he was a commander, he, he, he had power, he had authority. And the teacher leaned forward and said to those students, yes, and you will take your degrees you will earn from this university and you will serve those with no wealth and no power. And you could see those students sit up in their chairs and stiffen their spines. And then suddenly the teacher yelled out, can I tell you something? Would you like to know? And they started saying, yeah, yeah, we, it was very interactive kind of lecture. And, and they said, yes, and please tell us. And he told them a story of his own experience that when he was a young child, uh, he was having troubles with his vision and his father took him to the doctor and the doctor told his father that his son would lose his sight entirely. And the father was devastated. And the doctor said, well, there was another family in the village that had just lost both of their children to which this professor's father said at the time, at least Those children are at rest. In other words, because of all of the cultural baggage 
and difficulties he thought his son was about to face in his lifetime, he thought that maybe his son would be better off dying than going blind. But the boy and his father received some help along the way from the followers of Jesus, from the Lutheran church in Tanzania. He worked hard and he earned an advanced degrees and eventually he came to teach as a professor at the new university. And today, today, he says, I remind my dad of that every now and then. You could see fierce hope and determination in the faces of those students. would go into the cities and the villages one day with their special education degrees as part of the crowd around Jesus, part of the community of faith in Christ. And you are here this morning you are here and that changes who we are it changes everything I waited and waited and waited for God at last he looked finally he listened he lifted me out of the ditch pulled me from the deep mud he stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip he taught me how to sing the latest God song a praise song to our God.